If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. America and planet Earth, congrats on clawing your way through another week of this rat race. Put the kids to bed and freshen up those drinks because it's Friday, baby, and it's time for another live episode of the first podcast in history to be nominated for the Nobel Titties and Ass Prize, only to lose out to Rachel Maddow. It's the leading cause of unwed pregnancies and unexpected hair loss. He said, she said. I'm your host and legend in my own mind, Mickey Blowtorch, and with me tonight, Back from outer space, who just walked in to find me here with that sad look upon my face. The lovely, the talented, all the boys still ask her to prom, Aggie Rinkin. Hello, Aggie. (laughs) Yeah, outer space is right. I am way out in BFE right now, so (laughs) that's why I'm on the phone. And also, just FYI, no one asked me to prom. I went by myself, so oh, <laughs> I shit. think you're wrong here. <laughs> well, all the boys are asking you now. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm going to have to decline. <laughs> I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> oh, so uh, just a little disclaimer. Aggie does not have her laptop, and we're actually uh, connected not. via cell phone. Yep. Yep. So. I wasn't. I, I didn't want to miss another uh, another podcast. I mean, I know you have fun with everybody who guest hosts on the show, and it's it's great and it's awesome, and I love every second of every guest that's ever on. But I missed it. I missed being with Mickey. You we, know, it's we uh, you. It doing me Mickey off. shit. <laughs> you know, when when we don't have a uh, a show together, it kind of just throws me off a little bit. Like I know, I I, I was like I was unpacking i for those of you not in the know i just moved so i'm going through i'm unpacking boxes and i have a lot of shit (laughs) (laughs) and like this this afternoon i'm in the middle of it um, and i'm like unpacking and and i see oh oh here's some barware which you know i do not lack and so (laughs) it was like man i i need to break these in you know do a do a next drink tonight or something and it popped into my head oh my god it's friday i can have a mixed drink during the podcast yay well it, it sounds like you're already in the bag and i'm getting ready to join you uh we didn't even oh, dude, we haven't I'm even on, show prep i know i'm on number two there's there's no <laughs> i started before this <laughs> <laughs> fuck it 
you're uh you're probably going to want to stay still because i know we're on a cell phone and i think you're starting to break up a little Ah, so you know what i just thought it's going to be a pain in the ass to learn all the dead spots in your new house oh my god you have no i'm seriously you guys i bought a house in the middle of fucking nowhere nowhere Yeah, and Mickey is making plans to come out here so that we can do a podcast from Lakeside, okay? Yeah, I'm on a lake. (laughs) I'm on a lake. I'm on a lake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a great show. I am so – I'm out of it, man. How big was that? Oh, you sound like you're – A, you sound, you know, tired, which is expected from the big week you've had. Fuck. Moving, just moving across town is exhausting, let alone moving several miles from your, your town. You actually uprooted and went to a whole new uh, little area. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We moved We moved uh, six hours from our house. So I'm in the very north part of East Texas. So if anybody knows where Tyler is, I'm further north of that. So you moved further away from me then. Texas is like I, the only state where it takes you like two days to drive across. I, yeah, kind of. So, well, I made it. It's kind of a straight shot from where I was, straight north. So maybe, maybe add an hour to the total drive that you would have to make. I uh, I would. I drove from El Paso to Memphis in 19 hours <laughs> when I was like 25 years old. Oh wow! I hauled ass, and you know, looking back, it's stupid, but. I shouldn't have pushed yeah. myself like that. <laughs> that it's a hell of a drive though. Fucking A. I love when you when you enter El Paso from like the Las Cruces area, as soon as you cross the state line and you see that that Texas uh mileage sign. And then it's got like you know, like El Paso, Fabens, and then Beaumont, eight hundred and fifty two miles. I think that's yeah. like Texas just flexing its big Texas dick right there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh I've driven that. I've I've actually driven all of I-10 in Texas. I think I've driven all of I-10 with the exception from uh, where it branches from I-10 to I-8 out in Arizona. Uh-huh. So that part of I-10 to California, I haven't driven, but I've driven all of all the rest. That's and a- most of it was on my own. <laughs> it you know, is. Desert driving sucks because there's really nothing to look at. Going from from like El Paso to Phoenix. Once you get to that uh, weird canyon that looks like it's out of uh, the Flintstones, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I forget the name of it. It's like <laughs> Texas Canyon or some shit like that. Something, something, something weird. But it, it's really weird. It looks like, I wouldn't be surprised if like a dinosaur crossed the road. It just looks so bizarre and uh, paleolithic. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it sounded fucking cool. So I'm going to use it. it, oh, it that know. is the right word. Fuck yeah. Look at me. Just high five myself. <laughs> Look at the brain on Mickey. Woo! It's a vitamin Bud Light, babe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Vitamin Bud Light. BL. That's, that's one way of BL. That, that little canyon, though, just it's so bizarre and, and weird looking. It It is weird looking because there's not a, some of the erosion that, and this is, this is just my geology talking and some of the erosion is from you know falling rather than water based so it looks very ragged and cracked 
as opposed to you know the 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 beautiful way that the Grand Canyon looks that has eroded over millions and millions of years. So so it has this rough texture to it when you look at it, and you're like, this doesn't belong here. This this look it looks wrong. It really does. <laughs> it does. It, it it doesn't belong. It's it's geologically almost impossible for the little area it's in and it's such a small little area too it's not yeah, very it's big tiny. you'll miss it if you if you close your eyes you know but it it, it just does not belong there it, it's so weird when you see those little and, and i think that i i forgot what i was gonna fucking say but uh yeah it's weird <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i guess you sound a little grainy what i'm picking up in the chat so whatever area that you're in right now might not be the best or all right testing that, that testing. that's a good spot right there where you're at there this is a good spot it's a great spot okay because i literally moved two feet <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you, guys, gonna lie. <laughs> you know what you guys should do is you know since you've got a pretty decent spread up there are you in an hoa or are you guys free agents now free agents you should agents. you should get your own cell tower and make a million dollars off of that shit. Actually, we <laughs> I joked about that with my sister. <laughs> and she said, "Fucking do it." <laughs> I would. Shit. I would pay the money. <laughs> I was like, "No, they're paying me the money if I put a cell tower here." <laughs> 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 so, it's uh I'm considering it actually. It it wouldn't I mean where I'm at it is so far removed from the little tiny burg I'm in that, you know, when I was when I was texting you earlier, it, uh -huh. it was it was taking forever to text. Yeah, and I have dead spots even on the driveway, the drive into the to the house. So, so it's just it would make great sense. So that's something that I'll probably be thinking about doing. I mean, I don't care if there's a cell tower over there as long as it doesn't obstruct the view of the lake you which could, it wouldn't because could, it's in the opposite direction you could get one of those fancy ones that masquerades as like a palm tree yeah i could you know it's big as tall palm tree in, in el paso you know desert landscape we've got palm trees everywhere these right? people are putting in pine tree disguised cell towers pine so you're tree? just driving around and you see a gigantic fucking metallic pine tree in the middle of this desert landscape, and you're like, yeah, that fucking fits in. Ba basically, it's, it's I, I feel like Marissa Tormey and my cousin Vinny saying, yeah, you blend. Oh, yeah, you blend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that movie. I'm so glad you're I was, back. I really missed you last week. Me too. I'm so happy. I was I was so distraught that I couldn't do any of the podcasts this week. I was like, or like, I couldn't do your podcast last week, and I couldn't do um, Cocktail Lounge this past oh, week. Oh, shit. What did Brad end up doing on Tuesday? Oh, my God. He had a blast. He went to the bar, and his friend, Tom, was his guest host. And they were just yucking it up and having a lot of fun, from what I understand. <laughs> I was like, please don't get used to it. I like having you as my <laughs> don't fall in love with tom <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of a neat idea though and everything's opening back up yeah Actually, yeah I, I had a I had a business dinner last night 
my vice president was in town, so we all went to dinner. And uh, he ended up picking some fancy-ass hotel downtown, which I was absolutely fucking thrilled that I got to drive downtown. Ugh, I hate going downtown. In any cityscape, downtown is not my bag. But no, anyway, that's... I avoid it if I can. Well, we went to this fancy-ass hotel, which was right down by the Plaza Theater. I'm, I know you're familiar with the area. Uh-huh. And um, I valeted my Jeep like a fucking G. And... Um, we went inside, and, and that was—I think—that was the first sit-down meal I've actually had in a restaurant since all of this bullshit happened. I went to—I went—I had fast food with uh, Doctor Scott a couple, several months ago, but that—I guess that doesn't really count. This was the first time, you know, getting served and all of that shit, and it was kind of kind of nice. Yeah, Doctor Scott needs to be back on our podcast soon. <laughs> Dr. Scott was supposed to come hang out with me last week, but he, he's actually in the same boat you've been and been relocating. Mm. So, but he, his, his, he... his was a piece of cake. It was just a couple blocks from where he was at. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. No sympathy then. <laughs> I thought he was like relocating real far and I was like, oh no, he's moving away from you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, you just, just down the road from where he was at. Um, I, I need to interrupt this real quick because I just had something flash across my screen that seems very important. Ladies and gentlemen, the warranty on my HP printer expired on March 5th. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, timing. Oh, my God. So, better, better get that scene, too. Better get that scene, too. The, the folks down at HP felt it was prevalent to uh, announce that right now during the show, so I thought I'd pass on the information to you folks at home. God bless you all. It was nice knowing your printer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm already buzzing. This show's going to be fucked up. Uh, yeah. Speaking of fucked up, I got um, – did you listen to last week's show at all? No, I haven't been able to listen to anything. Oh, that's right. You, since you I barely moved. got yeah. the, the internet. I had, a, I had John Katz from the John Katz show on, the co-host, and ah! um, it was really cool. <laughs> really cool guy. I can't guy. believe you got him. Yeah, hell yeah. We, we had a great time and uh, uh, booze it up. And we actually spent the entire 90 minutes talking about uh, extraterrestrials and aliens and the universe. And it was just like a total crazy show. And it we, we had so much conversation material about this shit because it turns out that, you know, I'm, I'm a huge paranormal nerd. Like, I, we've had that discussion before, and, and yeah, he is too. Yeah. So we just totally geeked out for the whole ninety minutes talking about aliens and shit. It was you, really cool. You know, if if you're really into um, stuff like that, one of our um, uh, one of our podcast friends, Jeff, uh, is really into it. Lost Wanderer is one of his podcasts, and it's really cool. And the Crease is another one, and it, it Lost Wanderer is all about you know outer space stuff and. It's just, he's really cool about it. We should have him on the show. <laughs> Honestly, it would be fun. That would be really cool. It really would. When he's is, he's a really nice on? guy. Um, I think Sunday nights he has some, and I think he used to have them on Fridays, but he moved. So that's why we have the extra half hour now. Oh, so, that's cool. I, I, yeah. I need to tune into that. I would really enjoy that. Yeah. I used to. He, um... he, he's really cool. I used to listen to Michio Kaku on AM radio on Sunday nights, and he used to have this uh, program called Science Fantastic, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And basically, he would just, like, answer stoner questions. Like, people oh, would man. send in questions and be like, 
So if there was a hole directly through the earth, and if you dropped a ball through it, and it went all the way down, would it come all the way back up? And shit like that. It was really cool. I don't know if you're familiar with Michio Kaku or not. Very uh, I've heard. brilliant I've heard. in his profession. And he does a lot of uh, fringe uh, science stuff, or at least talks about it. He's willing to talk about it. I think his mm-hmm. big thing is uh, his uh, work that he's done with string theory. You know, the, the multiverse oh, okay. and all of that yeah. shit. So mm-hmm. it, it was a cool show. I don't think it's on anymore, unfortunately. But I see him doing a lot of television and appearances like on shows like Ancient Aliens and, and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, last week was a really fun show. We totally missed you, but we, we, we did have a really good time. And we're going to totally have to have John back because I know you do enjoy that topic as well. And I do. I, I think the I do. three of us would have a really fun time talking but, about well, it. Well, I'll be honest. I'll probably be quiet and just listen to everything you guys would be talking about. Oh, and I'd be like taking notes. You're <laughs> going to have to interject. You're going to have to be a part of the conversation. That's what's going to make it fun. Uh, I, I would be, but, you know, I know me. I know me. I'd be like, really? Let me take that down. And I'll be like writing notes. <laughs> <laughs> it used to drive It used to drive Brad nuts if I were um, – uh, guest hosting or uh, one of the commentators on one of his podcasts with uh, with Paul, you know, disasters in the making or, or something like that. And we'd be talking about a movie and they would be talking, they would be like completely flaying this movie. And me, I'd be like taking notes. So I was quiet through most of it. And, you know, during the break, he's like, why aren't you saying anything? And I'm like, I've been too busy taking notes about this movie. <laughs> He's like, well, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I swear. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, I take notes when we do shows, too, because you know, every time we talk about something, you always recommend a movie or this yeah, or that. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly taking notes during a show. I, you know, it, it, I used to, because I used to sell movies and stuff, I had to be cognizant of what was coming out on the theaters and what was coming out on video. Mm-hmm. And I had to like look at all the reviews and we didn't have the internet the way we do today. I mean, it was very, very limited. So now, most of the stuff was not available, you know, to the masses the way it is today. And so I actually had to read a lot of magazines. I had to go through a lot of newspaper reviews, TV shows, Roger and, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert was huge, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. So whatever these two guys said was gospel, right? Uh-huh. And uh, it, it always kills me because I remember <laughs> – I remember when um, – I think it was the third Star Trek movie, The Search for Spock, was coming out. They found him. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, no, it was the second one. Okay, The Wrath of Khan. Okay, so they were reviewing the movie, and Siskel tells what happens at the end. And Ebert is oh, like, Oh, he had pissed. a fucking spoiler? Yeah, total fucking spoiler. <laughs> and Ebert is all pissed. Do you realize what you've done? And, and of course, you know, Gene Siskel looks at Roger Ebert and says, These people will still watch this movie. They are fans, okay? <laughs> that is true. Did they, did they argue? Oh yeah, sometimes they would get into arguments and it was it was such a great show because you know, sometimes they did not agree, but they were never hostile to each other about anything 
and they never said, oh, no, you're wrong, and this is why. It was never like that. It was, it was really two guys who really liked movies who enjoyed the repartee between each other. And it was such a great show. I was, you know, when, when Gene Siskel died, it was a lot of people felt it because he had been such a, a fixture when it came to movies and, and reviews and stuff like that. And uh, Roger Ebert went on, but it just wasn't the same. They had such a great chemistry together. I've, you know, I've, I've never seen their equal. I really haven't. And I've, and I've watched a lot of movie reviews and, and shows and stuff like that. And still, you know, Siskel and Ebert was probably the, the best because it was just two guys sitting across from each other talking about a movie. The, uh, the, the, you know, the, 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 the pros and cons of each movie. And when they disagreed, <laughs> it was so beautiful to see because they weren't hostile to each other. They were, they were really, and they would poke fun at each other. And uh, like in the, in, you know, the wrath of Khan, when Cisco <laughs> left, everybody know that Spock was going to die. He's like, what did you just do? And he's like, oh, like nobody's going to see this movie. Come on. <laughs> it's like, it was so beautiful. It was great, and it, and it was and it was funny because the first time was on you know in the newspaper, Chicago Sun Times, I think it was, or the Tribune. I'm not sure which one it was. I think it was the Sun Times. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They had they had uh, the the movie review byline, and Ebert, he's like, if you don't want spoilers, stop reading now. <laughs> They, they, and, and thus the spoiler alert was invented. Yes, and that, I think that was the first spoiler alert ever done on print. <laughs> I um, you know, they really had a unique chemistry, and it was fun. Just like you said, it was it was never malicious against each other. I mean, they no, busted no, some balls. it wasn't. Yeah, and and the thing was, no, neither one tried to upstage the other, and no. you know, even a- after Siskel died. Um, and Ebert went on, and he had his other co-host. It just it didn't work for me because no. Ebert was trying to upstage well, the co-host. They were a duo. Because Ebert had been there for so long. Because he was know. motherfucking Ebert. He was throwing down it's, that big exactly. Ebert dick. Now, I'll be honest. I liked Siskel. I wasn't a fan of Ebert, but that's because... <laughs> okay, so you know how you become a movie critic? You fail at making movies. Guess what Roger Ebert was best known for before he became a movie critic? Plan 9 from Outer Space. He could only be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wrote the screenplay for the sequel to Valley of the Dolls, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Out. And it was such an atrocious movie that <laughs> he just came up after. <laughs> well, you know that, that saying that... Uh... Those who can do, those who can't teach. Mm-hmm. I, probably the same kind of a uh, little. Probably, uh, yeah, yeah, true. But you know, I mean, he he found his niche as a movie critic, and I like ninety percent of the time I agreed with his takes on on everything. And sometimes the only times that I disagreed, and it it, it was usually because the movie was kind of schlocky or whatever. Um, you know, so <laughs> let me tell you about my, um, one of my, my early childhood experiences with Siskel and Ebert. 
I was, <laughs> did you know that that they spoke about like X-rated features? Oh yes, they did. Which is yeah. I thought so bizarre. Why? Why? Even like you know for the, that to be on like public television and what were, they weren't on public television were they? Yeah, yeah, they were. They were on WGN and PBS okay. also carried them for a time and. Um, I think late night, like, I want to say it was late Fridays or late Saturday nights, they were on one of the major networks, like ABC, CBS, or NBC, something like that. So, I I remember, this had to have been, like, 1985. I was, like, five years old, at least. But this burned into Shut my fucking mind, door. right? <laughs> and I remember, you know, this was before I was in school, shit like that, so the, the big, we had this gigantic fucking Sylvania console television. Oh yeah, yeah. And it I was it was those. built into like a, a big wooden beautiful piece of furniture. It was a console. Yeah. It's a console, yeah. It, it was its own piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. So that did a lot of babysitting when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Siskel and Ebert was on and I was like I would just mindlessly sit there. It really didn't matter what was on. Uh, you know, I was I was I was five, I'm I was kind of still formulating what the hell is even going on around me and not really understanding uh, a lot of shit. So I was watching Siskel and Ebert, and I remember this vividly. And this is probably into the psychology of how I became fucking Mickey Blowtorch anyway. (laughs) They were talking about an X-rated movie, and I'm like, what the fuck? And it was a woman in a bathtub. And it, you know... It was... was, I know exactly what... You're talking you know about, the scene know I'm going to talk about? I know the movie you're talking about. How so, sad is that? <laughs> so, like, I looked up I I I looked up this movie years later in my in my adulthood just because I was curious, and I always thought about this one particular scene. It was it, it was kind of like shot at a special angle. Uh, you can see like the knees above the water type thing, and it was insinuating that that she was open for business, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And do you remember those battery-powered little scuba divers that would move their little <laughs> flippers? Yes. And would swim in the bathtub? I had one of those when I was a kid. So that, that even blew my mind even fucking more. Because it's in an X-rated movie. <laughs> yeah. So the whole scene that they were critiquing, right, had this woman laying in the bath, and then she had this scuba diver in the center line of the bathtub moving towards her very slowly, and you could hear the little... The gears moving the little flippers and shit. And it was on course directly with uh, old Shirley McKitten down there. And uh, Oh my god, you're going to make me choke. (laughs) So the the scuba diver builds up ramming speed. Oh my god. Bumps his head right into that little man that was and I saw this shit when I was like five years old. My mind is just going, what the fuck is going on? Why is she doing that to the scuba diver? Why do I have a motor? I have no idea. There's so many questions. So many questions. And then my mom came into the living room and she said, what are you watching? And she immediately went and turned that off. And I'm like, what? I don't know what's going on, mom. <laughs> And Vincent, you're right. This was 1985. The clam was bearded. (laughs) This, that is the one, and it was Ebert 
talking about it. Oh, and, God. And to make matters even worse, Ebert looked like the reverend at my church when I was a little kid. Uh, he looked like a reverend, period. He did, right? The glasses, <laughs> the hair, he even looked, he looked like Tom Bosley. He could have been Tom Bosley. The chubbiness, yeah, yeah, totally. So I have never, ever been able to get that out of my head, and I will forever associate Siskel and Ebert with some chick in a bathtub fucking around with Scuba Steve. Do you remember the name of the movie? I don't, but I, I, I think it was a Spanish movie, actually. I think it was from Spain. <laughs> It could have been. <laughs> you you already know. The, I bet you know it. The, you know, the weird thing is I remember seeing that review, but the review that sticks out in my head of the X-rated films that they reviewed, because it was more than one. Caligula. Okay, Caligula they reviewed, and that was I think Ebert stories. actually walked out of the movie on Caligula. I believe he did, yeah. I believe he did. Um, but one that they actually said was actually really good that had a good plot and that was actually well done was called the devil and miss jones mm -hmm. and i remember and i was this was and I, I this is why i said that it came on late at night either friday or saturday because i i had stayed up to watch some talk show and i don't remember if it was saturday night live or if it was um johnny carson i that's why I said, that's why i said it's friday or saturday that it was on at least at a, my affiliate back home. And I would put it on because I wasn't ready to go to, you know, go to bed yet or whatever. And, um, <laughs> and, it was, and usually it was just, you know, pretty harmless movies, you know, about the movies that were coming out or whatever and stuff like that. And then they're reviewing an X-rated film. And I'm like, ah, uh, that's that's a thing. I had no clue. I really I at this at this point in my life, but, I had but, no idea. You know, these gr things existed. Granted, pornographic material 30, 40 years ago was a lot different. Yes, it was. It and, it, and, and it was. And one of the things that they actually took exception to this film was that it actually had a plot. And so they wanted they they were talking about the fact that this this movie's plot. You know, it didn't have to be an X-rated movie. It should, it, uh, they could have done with just R and done away with the sex scenes, and it would still have been a good movie. Yeah, you know? I, I think I think that long ago though, getting an NC-17 or an or an R rating. Remember, like every people were going to see Deep Throat in the movie theaters. Oh yeah, like oh, normal yeah. everyday people. It was in like the mainstream theaters. I a good friend of mine was telling me a story of of him and his wife and all of their friends went on like a, a like a double date dinner thing and went and saw deep throat and deep throat was was triple x that yeah you know that showed everything yeah so, i remember uh there was uh one of <laughs> actually he's the he was at the time he's passed away now but he was the assistant da <laughs> in the county that i lived in and he was at our <laughs> he was at my parents my parents were hosting a party or something i don't know what it was i think it was like christmas and he was over, and we, and apparently he'd had a little too much to drink or something. And he's talking about how on the first date he takes his wife, who was an army, you know, special forces person when he met her or whatever. But she, she has been, you know, not a, she she was a marksman in the army, but she wasn't special forces or anything uh -huh. like that at the time, you know, that kind of thing. But she was like really good. And so for the first date, he took her to see a movie called Behind the Green Door. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going. No, Ordy actually just mentioned that. <laughs> and he said, uh, she beat me up so bad, I don't remember anything after that. <laughs> I was like, what was that movie about? And my dad's like, nothing. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, fine. What, if my dad said, don't worry about it, I was done. Because there was no way I was going to get in, any information from my dad. So I just left it alone, right? And it was years later that I found out that this movie was an X-rated movie. And he took his, his wife on their first date to see it. <laughs> I'm going, my God, Jack, what were you thinking? <laughs> I'm just like... She must have really liked you because she gave you a second chance. No shit. <laughs> a first date. I mean, talk about breaking date. some ice. The second date, anything goes. Fuck. <laughs> I never asked about the second date. <laughs> I was afraid to. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think about butt sex? Mm. <laughs> we have to work our way up from our first date. I don't, how do you how do you top that? I don't want to know. I really oh. do not want to know. Speaking of first dates, as some of you may know, I, I was previously married, and the first date that I ever took my ex-wife to was the cockfights. Because oh. I I did not think that we were gonna go anywhere, and I really did not care. You're like, are we gonna go out tonight? I'm like, man, yeah, I'm going out with the boys. You can come. Hmm. Cockfights. <laughs> <laughs> Me and, be honest, me and the though. guys are all waving the money at the little rails around the, the arena, and she's just right. sitting there. <laughs> what the hell, right? <laughs> this was before Mickey Blowtorch was born. Well, I, you know, being from Puerto Rico, cockfighting is, is like standard. As a matter of fact, when I was in elementary school, my mom was a science teacher at the school that I attended, and it was the high school was there, the intermediate and the elementary were all together, right? Because it was a pretty uh -huh. small area. But we had grown, and so the elementary school needed more rooms. And actually, it was one of my parents' best friends who offered up la, it's called La Galleria. Uh, and it's not the Galleria, that's not what it translates to. This is the cockfighting rink uh -huh. that they had. <laughs> right? We had one right outside the base in Sabah. Yeah. And so he offered it up. He said, we'll just divide it in fourths, and then we move the walls on Saturdays when we have the cockfights. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I literally attended school at a cockfighting rink. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also it our was church so on Sunday. It was epic because... On Sundays, you know, it was uh, they had to clean it out. <laughs> so I mean, there's like tobacco everywhere. There's beer. There's booze spilled. There's... Somebody's got to get these cocks out of here. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, they would come in with like huge, like fireman hoses or something, and just hose <laughs> the whole thing down before it's just getting worse and worse by the minute. <laughs> I had such an epic childhood. I'm just now appreciating it. <laughs> Whose turn is it to hose down the cock ring? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I am so drunk. It's just killing me. <laughs> this is our best episode ever. <laughs> oh, shit. No, it gets better.
better last time I was in Puerto Rico. Dad is driving us around. <laughs> and I look, and that poor little, you know, Galleria is, is all decrepit and falling apart. I said, gee, Dad, what happened? He just says in English, the cocks died. <laughs> My sister and I just lose it. I don't know what to tell you. They all went limp. The thing is, you know, you never know with my dad if he meant the innuendo. But I'm pretty sure he meant the innuendo, you know. <laughs> all, all them cocks are gone. All the cocks are gone. <laughs> but whenever your dad talks in my head, he, he, is, is, he sounds like iced tea. It's like, hey, all them cocks are gone. Eat a bowl of dicks. And Maggie's dad. actually... If if you ever watch any movies or any shows with Jose Ferrer in it, that's what exactly what my dad sounds like. He sounds just like he looks like him, and he sounds like him. So Jose who? Ferrer. Um, how do you he, how do you spell that uh, without the accent? Oh, <laughs> and without the drinking. <laughs> how, do you, how do you spell that without the cursive? <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm just talking in cursive and it's fucking cloudy. Bob, you're going to have to come pick us up. <laughs> okay. So he was a, a Puerto Rican actor, quite famous. He got an Academy Award for uh, Cyrano de Bergerac uh, back in the 50s. and Or was it Toulouse of Trek? I, Moulin Rouge. One of the, I don't know. I don't even remember. I'm too drunk. His last name is spelled F-E-R-R-E-R. -R -R. As a matter of fact, he's Miguel Ferrer's dad. Oh. So well, let's Google, let's Google this. Yeah. Right and now. so, so my dad looks like him and talks like, as a matter of fact, when my dad attended university of Puerto Rico, um, I believe Jose Ferrer okay. was going to be doing, um, a stage play or something. He had been invited to do a, a very handsome man, by the way, kind of like, I a, think so. like a Puerto Rican Vincent price. Yes, yes, yes. So totally. anyway, <laughs> So they tell Jose Ferrer that he has a doppelganger at the, at the university, at UP. And, and he's like, no, no way. And so uh, he wants to meet a guy that looks like him. And he got to meet my dad. And he was like, this is uncanny. You could be my stunt double. <laughs> my dad's like, you couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he got to meet uh, Jose Ferrer. And they, they did look alike. Even when they were young, it was really weird. So. I've got a very odd resemblance to young Fidel Castro. Yes, you do. <laughs> It's bothersome. But, I don't know how that happened. No, but but here's the thing. You know, Fidel Castro was actually a very good-looking man. He was very he handsome. Just, he he hid behind his beard. It was very handsome. I do the same thing. Behind the beard. But the reason a lot of people extrapolate that there's a reason that he had the beard. And the reason for that was that he also had body doubles. And it was easier to disguise those people with beards than it was without. And that was one of the reasons that Comandante had a beard. Did, so, um, did I ever send you? Okay, so once I discovered that I looked like a younger Castro, I actually uh -huh. went as him for Halloween that same year. I'm, if, if I send you a picture <laughs> to your cell phone, will you be able to look at it while you're on it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Give me like well, two seconds. I'm scrolling through photos, but continue your story, please. 
yeah, but text it. Don't put it in. in no, I'm going to uh, text it. I'm yeah. not going to. Of course okay. not. I can't dox myself. <laughs> People will lose their shit when they find out I'm a congressman. <laughs> yes. Congressman Mickey. Shit. If you were a congressman, shit would get done. Mickey shit. Mickey would shit. Would get done. <laughs> oh, and I unpacked my mugs today. I was so happy. <laughs> oh, you got all your mugs? Yes, I was so happy. I was like, I was unpacking, and I and I found my mug, and and I was like, oh, I can finally have coffee because I'm doing Mickey shit. <laughs> You're correct. How, how? What percentage of the house do you guys have unpacked? Uh one tenth. I don't oh, know. God. I have no are, idea. Are you at least? Are you guys at least comfortable right now? Or oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you know, the movers put shit from three different rooms into my master bedroom and i'm like what the shit and this is what happens if i'm not supervising and the thing was i was the only one here so i had to tell as things got off the truck i had to tell them where to go you know what rooms to go and and um one of the guys was apparently not paying attention so he put stuff in my bath master bedroom and then the movers started unpacking it all and i'm like i come in and i'm like half of this shit doesn't even belong in my room what the hell happened here <laughs> so, so that's this i'm is, working on this that is this not year. my swing i don't know where this came from i know right <laughs> you just take this back it's not mine i'm sorry this is not my toy <laughs> <laughs> actually i have no toy so shut up people <laughs> remember buying this leather mask <laughs> oh oh that was one of the more embarrassing things that happened to me during this move oh, so the Lord. packing ladies Are, okay ask yourself right now is this something that you're going to want to say on the radio i know we've <laughs> yeah. had the margaritas no 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 it's innocuous but it was <laughs> it was it was kind of embarrassing because there's two ladies and they're packing up my room, right? And so I had removed everything that was under the bed, which is mostly sweaters. I keep them in, in you know, under bed storage because uh -huh. it's Texas. When the sure. fuck am I going to wear a sweater? sweater. <laughs> I keep all my sweaters in the guest bedroom dresser. Yeah, see? So it's 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 away from, from wherever. So anyway, so I removed all of that from under the bed storage, but I had forgotten that one of the containers under the bed has all my corsets. Oh, shit. So they opened it to put what they do is they put more paper in there so that contents don't shift. And I'm going, it's it's sweaters. Who cares if they shift? <laughs> They're not gonna break. <laughs> but that's what they do. That's you know, it's common policy. Yeah. So she opens it up and says, Oh, oh, this is pretty. And she holds it up. And I turn to Louis like, Oh yeah, those are my corsets. And she looks at me, you have more than one? I said, I think I have 14. Holy shit. <laughs> She's like, really? And I said, oh, yeah. And they're, I said, they're really great for your posture. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and she just laughed, and she put it away, and then put more paper in there, and then, you know, wrapped the box up with tape and whatever. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, Aggie has a side hustle of being a dominatrix on an OnlyFans account. <laughs> no, 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 so, not my thing. A funny thing. 
I've got a similar story when I was I was moving and I was doing a military move out of Puerto Rico actually. And everybody uh, that I knew, I'll, there was this big box of porn that would go from guy to guy to guy whenever they moved because they everybody was too afraid of movers or getting embarrassed. So like it would just like it was like this treasure chest. Uh-huh. And it, you would pass it down from one guy to the next guy. Somebody would get married. You'd have to get rid of the whole collection. And I ended up with like like four generations of porn. And <laughs> in any way, like. <laughs> And I'm, this is before, still before Mickey Blowtorch was born, but this was at the time of my life when I'm like, I don't give a fuck about nothing. I don't give a fuck what people think about me. So I'm like, fuck it, pack it up. And I, I was running around the house as one does when you're moving and all the movers were Puerto Rican native. And, and I just heard some guy say, El Yunque de Amor. He picked up this (laughs) 1970s hustler that was in the box. I knew exactly what had happened when I heard that. Oh, shit. <laughs> I am crying. <laughs> oh, and I just got your picture. Oh, my God. Dead ringer. Right? Uh, she's looking yes. at the uh, Castro pictures now. I said I sent you the picture of the one picture when I'm like, fuck, I look like Castro. Yeah, the the side by side, and then the one where you dressed up. Yeah. Wow, wow, dead ringer, dead ringer. Isn't that weird? But you know, I'll be the first to admit, Castro was a very good looking man. Well, he was, and he's he was a shithead, but he was good looking. (laughs) So, so if I look like Castro by proxy, I look like Justin Trudeau. Yeah, you do. Because we all know they're related. Yeah, totally. There is no way that that Castro and Trudeau are not. Blood. But you have better eyebrows. I do have well, wonderful eyebrows. No, I don't. Do. I've got like fucking wizard eyebrows. The 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 time <laughs> I spend maintaining them and trying to clip them and do shit now is fucking. A forty year old man should not be messing with fucking eyebrows. What's going on? Well, you know, it it, it never ceases to amaze me that women have all of these tools and and stuff for you know, grooming and to keep looking youthful and everything. And men, men should take better care, better care of their skin. I mean, I'm a big proponent of taking care of your skin because the skin technically is the largest organ in the human body. And so, and it's the one that is the most exposed. So you should take care of it. So is the wiener part skin and part organ? So it's like a double... It's a double. A double, like the boobs. It's a double. The boobs are a so double. Should, or so, quadruple. So you should take double, double care of those. <laughs> yes. So. Jesus. <laughs> you are going to be so mad tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to wake up and say, what the what fuck did, we did do I do last say? night? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, oh, you know, you know I'm. That is that is one thing that I'm like really adamant about. I always tell people you need to use sunblock, you know, sunscreen, you know, take care. Because I mean, you know, a lot of people just go out and and they don't think anything will happen to them or whatever. And having worked in a morgue, having um, worked in in a lab, and seeing a lot of skin cancer uh, issues, I mean. I have a good friend, 
um, we've been friends since college and he had a huge scare. He had a basal cell right underneath his eye and it wasn't it wasn't something that was the same day procedure. They actually had to admit him because it was so big and under the and so close to the eye that they had to operate. I mean, and it was it was scary for him that this would happen to him. And he's a big baseball player, so I think you know after that scare, he's been very adamant about putting sunblock on his skin all the time. Boy, and, and I, you know, and I and I have to say, it's not a gay thing. It's it's a, Why it's you a say good that? thing. I've never, I've never associated sunscreen with the LGBTQ community. No, 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 no. But you like, know, putting oh, no. moisturizer and oh, you know the, that kind of gay thing. Gay like the sunblock. It's not a. I, I, I'll tell I, you I that. use fucking lotion all the time. I cannot stand it. It's not a metrosexual care. thing. I should say it's not a metrosexual thing. It's a, it's a, it's a health thing. It, 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 I really stress it. You're... It is not a metrosexual thing. Now, when you start using eyeliner, we need to talk. <laughs> Well, that's a lie. Unless you're a rock star. Yeah, you have to be a rock star. If you're Otherwise, a rock star no. wearing leather pants and you're walking around shirtless, which I did during quarantine, then it's it's acceptable. I, I have a I still have then a feather can. boa in the garage, by the way. I would pay bank to see you so, on that. <laughs> so bizarre that you brought this topic up. <laughs> we we had no, we had no prep. On we had no prep, no prep. We're just fucking drunk, so fuck it. Yes, we are. No, but it's bizarre. You gave me, you kind of gave me goosebumps because on Tuesday, I had my first trip to the dermatologist. Oh, did you? Yes, my arms and my face are covered in precancer, and I'm gonna have to do a big ass treatment. They, oh. They burned off about nine spots on my arms and my face, and the rest of them he wants to to do something to blanket it because there's just too much to, to do the spot stuff. Well, you, And then I had this uh, little thing under my eye, which is fucking mm -hmm. weird that you said that too, because I had a little thing under my eye, and they actually cut that off and sent it off to uh, pathology. To yeah, to have a biopsy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was my first experience, and apparently uh, I'm already striking gold. Okay, keep me apprised. But here's the thing. You are a very fair-skinned person. I'm very fair-skinned. Those are the ones that are most because melanin actually helps to protect your skin. So, if you I have none, you no, you don't. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like an alabaster doll. You are. You're so so adorable. soft. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put you on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this show is so fucked up. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so I'm so out of it. So okay. uh, like on Wednesday night, I uh, everything just fucking kind of came to a head for me. I I've got a lot of shit going on right now, professionally, um, personally with uh, uh, my family. Yeah, I you I've talked about it with you. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna air that out on on the air, but it's uh it's not a cool thing going on. So I'm gonna be a little stressed out for a while. Um, hopefully so. Thoughts and prayers if y'all wanna want to include us in that but uh so yeah like wednesday night i was i was i was boozing it i i just had enough i watched the news i'm like fuck the news blah 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 the fucking <laughs> know, right the, the border crisis is affecting me professionally and mm -hmm. it's really having a tremendous impact on on my on my career and it's not good right now 
it, it just all kinds of shit. So like I fucking I got drunk as shit on on Wednesday, and then I start looking down at my arms where they burned off the fucking the precancers, and it just looked so ugly, and it just hit me right there. I'm like, fuck, this is it. I'm getting old. And you, for like the first time in my there. life, I just kind of all of a sudden felt like I'm like all of that pussy getting fucking big dick motherfucker that I was is is starting <laughs> to kind of show its no uh, vulnerability. No, no. I don't know. It it bothered me looking at I, I'm looking at him right now and it, it's kind of bothering because it's so ugly looking. And, you know, I, 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 I'm just I'm being melodramatic and throwing a little pity party for myself. Really, it's 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 no big deal. But I think it was just more of a, a wake up, letting me know, uh-huh. like, hey, welcome to middle age, buddy. You are so far from being old. It's not even oh, funny. I, I know that. I mean, but I and I can understand why you would feel that way. I've 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 had that run in myself, and it's not. It it does sap you, and and it makes you feel like. I, it's I, I know the I know the Spanish word, but I can't think of the English word. But anyway, because I'm too drunk, probably. <laughs> but but English, you know, where the the spots that they burned on, they those will heal just fine. Of I course, mean, my you friend, know, I'm so lucky did, too. You know, they went through the same thing, and you know, and and the one under your eye that they took out right then and there. That's a good sign. Trust me. That is a really good sign. So, you know, just look at it as, hey, I caught it in time, and now I know how to do some preventive, you know, measures and take better care of my skin. And, yes, I'm telling you people in the chat, you should take care of your skin. You should. And take it from me, who is it's, 40. You know, yeah, that's and it's, pretty fucking and young. And it's amazing. It is amazing to me that people who take vitamins – and who watch their weight and exercise and everything, they always forget about taking care of their skin. It is always the last thing. It was so far back in the back burner, they don't even look at it. It's like three three back burners away. So, um, But that's literally the first thing that you should do. And hydration goes Hydr- oh, a course. long way towards it. And, and being, being a veteran, I preach hydration to my folks that work mm-hmm. for me. You know, I, I, I just I beat that dead horse. Because, you know, the, they made me obsessed with it in the military. And it's so important because that'll kill you. It, it, yes, it but. can. And <clears throat> and it's funny because I didn't realize, I, I didn't realize how much hydration helps with the skin. And, and it was, it was eye-opening to me because I wasn't one to, like, drink water all the time or whatever. And, um... Wonder what this beer's doing. I and I and I think um, I, I and I know you know him, Irath. Um, uh, he sometimes shows up in the chat. Uh, he was visiting me <laughs> one time when I my heart was racing and I yeah I could not relax and I I, I said I I need to go to the ER and so we went to the ER. Mm-hmm. It turned out that I was dehydrated. That'll do it. So they gave, they gave me two bags, dude. That's how dehydrated I was. And the cocaine didn't help either, but... And the coke didn't help, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm leaving... Oh, you got any water? 
you know, after that second bag, I felt so much better. And I'm talking about the saline people. Okay, chill out. And so, you know, I go home and I'm washing my face and I look at it and it's like, holy shit, I look like 10 years younger. Dehydrated. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, how did that happen? And, uh, you know, they, they all looked at me. It's like, ah, you were dehydrated. So, of course, you looked all saggy and shit before. <laughs> you just didn't notice because you were used to looking like that. <laughs> I'm like, great. So, basically, you're telling me I look like a saggy old witch because I wasn't drinking enough water. Okay, got it. But, no, you know, water does help with the condition of your skin. God, it's so, know. so important. So important. But, like, really, oh. folks, use sunscreen. Jesus. I don't know why I never listened to anybody with the sunscreen. and But, you no, know, like I'm... having the skin complexion that I do, I've always been so self-conscious of it. Now I, I don't fucking care. But when mm -hmm. I was younger, you know, being in gym class and having dudes be like, hey, you know what? The sun's free. <laughs> you know, that shit yeah. just like it was so fucking <laughs> annoying. I'm like, fuck off, motherfucker. I'm Irish. You know, what do you want me to do about it? Jesus Christ. No, no, I, I, I'm perfectly fine being, you know, really pale and keeping my skin completely untanned. <laughs> oh, so um, back to the uh, the the dermatologist, right? Yeah. Oh, and I've got a, a side story which is kind of interesting too. So I went into the. Uh, let me tell you the side story first. Okay. So I used to uh, dip Copenhagen. I did that for several years. Long, and uh -huh. by several, I mean like 20. And this is a habit I picked up as a young man in the military. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to quit my entire life. A, I just really enjoyed it. The only reason I quit was because of health issues. And not, mm -hmm. I didn't have any health issues. I didn't want to have any health issues. So I uh, actually quit. I quit January of 2020, right before the pandemic happened. I bare-knuckled, cold turkey, quitting nicotine and tobacco, at the fucking end of the world. That is some badass shit. But wow. any, anyway, so I had this little black mark on my bottom lip that showed up about two years ago, and it was scaring me to death, and I would just ignore it like, you know, a sane person does. Fucking ignore a health problem, and it's going right. to go away, right? <laughs> right. So <laughs> over the last three weeks, I previously to going to the dermatologist, it started getting bigger and more prevalent and i was like fuck so i bit the bullet and i made an appointment with the dermatologist i was going to start there and then i was going to go to like a dentist or some shit just to, to get it checked out you know i was going to finally face my fear and and get it checked out so this was the big thing i i called the dermatologist place and i was trying to get a specific doctor he, he was booked up forever and i ended up going with like a pa which is fine with me because they had the earliest appointment, and I was just kind of, like, right. panicked because I thought, you know, mm -hmm. this thing is growing exponentially right now, and it's never grown before. So I I wanted to get it taken care of before they had to remove half my fucking face. I made the appointment. 48 hours later, the black mark disappeared. What? Right? I, I had the thing on my face for, like, three years. It was It was small. It was concealable. Nobody ever noticed it until it started getting bigger. So I, I call and make the appointment to get in. That thing disappears, no longer a concern, and then they find all the other shit. So to me, like, was that a little bit of serendipity? 
that you know something to scare me to get me to make an appointment so that they can because i i never would have gone in for the shit on my face or my arm like that looks fine to me it's almost as if your body your brain was trying to trick you into going in somehow exactly and they had to show you something to scare Exactly. They have to scare the pants off of you somehow. That's the only way that you're going to get an Irishman into the fucking doctor. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's the same thing with Puerto Ricans. Hell, it was easier to get my grandma to go to some, you know, white witch than to go <laughs> yeah. take her to the doctor. I mean, oh, my God. No, I'm no, like, me hot. Get a brujilla. It's going to be okay. I need to see a bruja. I'm looking at her going, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I was 16. I was visiting. Uh, yeah, I was, I was visiting. Uh, yeah, I was 16. And um, my grandma, I don't know. She, she wasn't feeling well or whatever. And I told her, you know what? I'll go with you to the doctor. You know, I'll walk with you over there. That's not a problem for me. And she says, oh, no, I don't trust doctors. I need to go see, I don't know, Celia something or other. I forgot what her name was. And I'm looking we, at her We going, need to spit rum at a Ooh. chicken. Huh? We need to spit rum at a chicken and smoke yes. a cigar. <laughs> and so, so I'm looking at her going, who's Celia? Is she a nurse or something? And she says, no, no. She's, she's, the, she's the bruja. She lives, she lives up the mountain. And I'm like, I'm looking at her going, hold up. You would rather I walk five miles up the mountain to get this white witch for you rather than take you like three blocks down to the hospital to see the doctor? And for you non-Spanish speaking folks at home, bruja means witch. Means witch. (laughs) And she says, yes, I need to see the bruja. She knows me very well. I'm going, okay. So I... I kid you not. Okay, I'm 16. I don't know how to drive or anything. So I walked with her five miles up the side of the mountain, talking to her the whole time. She's talking back to me, and, you know, we're, we're having fun and whatnot and whatever. And we get to the Bruja's house. She has a nice house. I'm sure she has a nice house because she bleeds people for money with her witchery, right? So... So we walk in, and this lady greets us, and she wants to know, you know, what the problem is, and blah, blah, blah. Now, keep in mind, my grandmother doesn't have a telephone at the time, so we couldn't call ahead or anything. So we had, you know, she greets us and everything. She may, she, And then she puts us in a waiting room. She has a waiting room in her house. And, <laughs> you know, so we're there waiting and whatnot. And <laughs> then she has time to, you know, do the whole sage burning thing, and but it's not sage. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't sage, and um, uh, and I think it was oregano. It's not like <laughs> oregano, but uh, anyway. You know, so, I, after after casting a spell, I really like pizza. You know, yeah. So uh, really <laughs> funny. So, uh, but you know, she she burns some kind of incense looking thing uh-huh. and whatnot, and then she starts she uh, she moves over my grandmother and she says. I see that you're, uh, and basically, you remember how in medieval times people had humors? Well, she referenced that. And I'm like looking at this going, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm witnessing this shit right now. But I kept quiet because this would make my grandmother happy. And 
at my age and at my time, I wanted my grandmother happy. Okay. Sure. So, <clears throat> because if my grandmother's not happy, no one else in the whole fucking family is happy. Okay. <laughs> so, I know how that goes. So, so she's doing her little witching stuff and whatnot and everything. So she tells my grandmother to, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not even kidding when I say this. She tells my grandmother to kill one of the young chickens that's in our backyard, in her backyard, to drain the blood and cook the blood and then eat it. And that will make her feel better. And I'm going, okay, all right, this is bizarre, but all right, fine, whatever. So we walk back home and keep in mind, this is five miles. We don't, we left like at nine o'clock in the morning. We got back around four, I think it was. And the first thing, she doesn't even rest. She doesn't even go inside the house. She goes straight through to the side of the house and goes to find one of the young chickens, uh -huh. you know, the juveniles. And immediately just grabs one, goes and pulls on the neck to kill it, mm -hmm. you know, breaks the neck. And There's then waits for it to, you know, well, that's how we were taught anyway. And then she chops the head and then drains all the blood out. Uh huh. And I'm going, you know, you just, you literally walked 10 miles today. You want to take a rest? And she's like, that's for, that's for weak people, whatever. And I'm going, you were ill enough to go want to talk to a witch about how to get better. And you're telling me that you're okay now? What the actual shit? But I didn't say that because it was my grandma. <laughs> so I'm helping her with this chicken, right? And mm -hmm. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm doing this. And, and, and the I'm entire like, Caribbean is, the is full of things like this. Oh, yes. Oh, no. It's very, it gets, very commonplace. It it's, it's, not, it's not out of the realm of, of normalcy for the Caribbean whatsoever. Even here no, in, in, in El Paso, uh, the U.S.-Mexican stuff, they still believe in, in, in that old uh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, the Caribbean, um, the Caribbean-type practices have actually kind of translated up this way, and they're very similar. Oh, yeah. So... So here, so so picture this. Okay, here's a 16 year old young woman holding down <laughs> the chicken upside down so, so that the blood drains <laughs> into a pan. <laughs> when it's done. Is the chicken? What was the chicken's name? I have no idea. It was a pino. I don't know. Thank God it wasn't my chicken. I would have been crying. <laughs> that one was mine. But she goes inside and she starts frying up the chicken blood, right? Okay. Now, now, in certain parts of the world, frying blood is actually palatable, and it's it's a delicacy. I know in <laughs> France, um, pork blood is considered a delicacy. They they fry it up with spices and everything, and they eat it. And I do too. I've eaten it, so it's not a big deal. And uh, so, so she's there, and she's she's eating it. And I kid you not, she says, "Oh, I'm already feeling so much better." Which, upon which, I know for a fact that this whole thing was just pure bullshit. She just wanted the assurance from somebody that she knew that she was okay. Well, the following day, I get my monthly time. Okay. Oh God. 
Yes. You sure you want to continue with this story? I, so, so I'm in bed. Wait, it gets. This is not going anywhere good. So progressively I'm in bed, getting worse. And I'm I'm in serious pain. And at the time, I did not know that I had endometriosis, oh, but God, I was in, in serious pain. Horrible. Right. I know. And so my grandma says, "Honey, what's wrong?" And I and I told her. And I and I told her, you know, I, I have the chicken. You know, I told her I have ibuprofen, and she's like, no, no, you don't need any of that, any of that, any of that weird stuff. I know what to, I know what's gonna help you. I'll be right back. So she goes to the kitchen, and I hear her doing something, and I'm like, you know, a Motrin would have been just fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nope, not good enough. She comes back with a, one of her fine china cups. She doesn't have many of those, but what she has are precious to her. And the fact that she actually gave it to me was, like, really sweet. And I felt like like she was really taking care of me, you know? Oh. And so she gives me this thing, and I look at it, and it looks like, it looks like thick, heavy cream. Very warm, because she had been cooking it. Uh-huh. And I smell it, and I cannot recognize anything in it. And she says, drink it all. And I said, but what's in it? She says, don't worry about it. Just drink it all. I'm going, okay, this is my first. My my spidey senses are tingling, right? So they call it heroin in English. I'm not sure what we call it. <laughs> so, like a fool, I drink it all. It is the most vile thing I have ever tasted in my life. Oh, with God. cinnamon. And, with and, cinnamon. And so it has cinnamon. cinnamon in it. I love cinnamon, but that that's the only She knew you liked quality. cinnamon. You're like, Okay, yeah, and so I mean, I'm drinking, and and I I drank like two cups. Okay, and she's like, no, you have to drink it all. So I drank it all. She had boiled onions, garlic, cinnamon, some uh, some kind of herb from outside, cilantro, and everything in milk Uh until it was really thick, and then she, you know, strained that, and that's what I was drinking. And I kid you not, within ten minutes, all of my pain was gone. And I'm like, I will never doubt whatever fucking witch this woman goes to again. <laughs> you know, even even today, like, it, it surprises me how commonplace and how much of the old world really is still alive. It, it actually inspired me to, uh, to study that in college. Uh, a lot of people know that I have a degree in anthropology, which is next to useless, but my minor was actually in geography, specifically um, the um, ethnobotany, herbals, things like that. So, uh, even though that was that was part of botany, it all it, it all fell in geography for some weird reason at A and M. And so, I that's what inspired me to study all this. You know, the whole old wives' tales, old folklore, old um, um, you know. The old medicine, the herbology. They they always say that there's like, well, look look at mythology. When you have a a mythos or whatever, it always came from some kind of star. Everything has a basis of, yes. Yes, and and it builds on from there. So there's got to be some kind of, you know. Yeah, Something everybody to, says, like, oh, look, it's look, an look old at, wives' tale. And look, I'm like, yeah, but that's because the, those bitches knew what they were doing. <laughs> isn't, isn't garlic a, a natural antibiotic? So there yes, is stuff is. 
that you can do with with natural remedies you know it's it's not gonna it's not gonna cure cancer or shit like that i guess it could we well we you know uh, it, but uh native americans what they used to do with willow bark was they would add a little bit of water pound it and then put it in a um i always uh, add a little bit of water before i pound it <laughs> <laughs> hey yo Willow bark. Okay, so they would mash up willow bark with a little bit of water and put it on a, a strip of, of uh, fabric and then tie it up around their forehead. And it would, you know, ease their headache because willow bark has uh, salicylic acid, which is the basis for aspirin. So, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things that people scoff at. I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that preppers love because this is yeah. the kind of stuff you get out there well, in nature much, and much nature like, is, like uh aspen trees mm -hmm. uh you can get the bark from an aspen tree and i i, I don't quote me because i don't fucking know and so don't go out and doing this but i i would definitely have to look it up but uh, something about boiling the bark of an aspen tree the native americans used to cure headaches yes they did that and um pine needles pine needles baby but like the the fresh fresh the fresh pine needles make a great tea for mm -hmm. uh, to uh, restore um, hydration. They, uh, it's you actually know, like a detox, I think. Too. Your, yeah, and your electrolytes and all that stuff. And I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that you know the old medicine that people scoff at because it's not coming from a pharmacy nowadays. And and yet. Uh, frankly, I've always trusted it more than anything that comes from a but pharmacy, if, simply if, because it's been tried and tested. If I can have a natural uh, solution to a problem, I'm going to want to go that route. Really, I'm not a big fan of uh, pharmaceuticals. I'm not saying that they're bad, but you know, who wouldn't want a natural remedy if if you can have a natural remedy? And um, going back to the the dermatology office when. Um, um, uh, so since this was my first time, I had to strip down to my, my underwear and put on a, a gown and Ooh. the, uh, the assistant <laughs> was like this little, this little, uh, Latina Barbie doll. And she had like the oh. big blonde hair, just like super <laughs> cute. Right. And so she's like, oh, I'm going to give you some time to, to change your clothes and put on the gown and blah, 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 blah. And so anyway, like the, the. The dermatologist came in, and he was actually uh, ex-army, right? Mm -hmm. And so it came time for me to take my gown off, and my chest is covered in tattoos. Like you is would, it? you yes, it is. You would never <laughs> believe it until you saw it. So I took the gown off, and then all of a sudden, like <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> and so I heard, I heard a little gasp come out of the Barbie doll, and then, and then the dermatologist was like. Wow, you're ex-Navy, huh? That explains it. <laughs> that explains it? Because, <laughs> you know, sailors spend so much time on the ocean, which is basically a reflective lens that yes. intensifies the sun. So a lot of guys that did time on, on the ocean really get some the the, the skin problems. Yep, but, and I, I have I have Navy people in my, in, in my family, and that is the one thing that I, I – seriously – I remember a friend of ours was um, in the Navy. They were deployed to the Persian Gulf, I believe. And so we sent care packages to uh, to the ship. 
my care package, all it was was tubes of Neutrogena um, uh, sunblock, like SPF 100. I must have sent like 50 in that package. And I get a note back, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> Everybody's sending like cookies and candy bars and handy wipes and shit. I'm, go I'm sending shit done or sunblock. <laughs> it, 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 it's horrible being out to sea with the sun shining and there's obviously no shade. There's no fucking ocean trees to, no. to rest against. <laughs> So you're just basically at the mercy of the sun, and fuck it, it really did take its toll. I came back very, a very nice caramel color, and yeah, and, since and my natural people, skin color notice. is clear, yes. that, that's bad. That's a bad thing. You don't want that. <laughs> and uh, I want to, I want to give a shout out to Doctor Scott. He was apparently listening to the show because he texted me angry that I didn't go see him. So, <gasps> Oh, bad, bad, bad I boy. Know. I'm angry that you didn't go see him either. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's adorable. So, we need to have him on uh, the show again. We, we do. He really is. I think we need to do a barbecue show or something. He's actually, he got a new pizza oven that he had delivered. Get and out. He, so he bought this thing from fucking Italy. They had to deliver it and put it into his house with a crane. He is with super excited about the pizza oven, and I am super excited about the pizza oven. So next time I hang out with Dr. Scott, hopefully we're going to be eating some pizza. Oh, oh, this has got to be uh, – th there better be video. Oh, there, there'll <laughs> there be, be video. Did I show you the steaks that I had with Dr. Scott last time I hung out with him? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. my God. He flew you said, in these uh, beautiful people tomahawks. Be, be, be jealous because Mickey actually sent me pictures. He texted me pictures of Dr. Scott. And Mickey and these steaks, and I'm going. Oh my God, I've never seen anything more beautiful in my life. <laughs> a, a lot of these folks back home uh, that are listening now probably don't know Dr. Scott from uh, our shows because he actually was our very first uh, guest, I think. Yes, he was. He um, he is a plastic surgeon. Plastic right? surgeon, right down the, uh, it, kind of like a sister town. Uh, next next over for me, We're, we live about uh, 40 miles away, so we hang out in real life every now and again but he's he's got a practice and he's a plastic surgeon yeah the dapper doctor of mammaries and uh that's right and it was about about um we had a uh, we had an episode about reductions yes. and, ep and uh, right yeah Remember we did was... the evolution of tits <laughs> yes and and, I was, and dr scott guest star that was gone. our very first guest i think it was great that was a great episode yes it was it was it was so awesome and, uh, and then dr scott went to guest host <laughs> On one of your uh -huh. uh, one of the nights that you were absent for the show, and we did a big barbecue. It was the thing. first the first dude bros. The first yeah. dude bro show, and yeah. uh, let me tell you what about Doctor Scott. Not only is he a surgeon, this guy can cook like you would not believe. The the, the food that he makes is just mind blowing. Like, where do you have time to be a doctor and a, just a four star gourmet chef? It's impressive. I know. I don't get it either. The, the steak that we ate over at his uh his house a couple months ago was just friggin' outstanding. Even the salad he made he made this the salad and he created his very own Caesar anchovy dressing with green chili. Holy shit! I I I've never been to a restaurant that's got better food than the shit I've eaten at Doctor Scott's house. Well, he's definitely on my list of people to meet before I die. Oh, well, he's, of course. He's, he's one of the good ones. Well, so. I, after we do the show over at your place, you're, you guys are going to have to come up to El Paso and revisit yes. your old stopping grounds and do a show. <laughs> thanks a lot, Dr. Scott. Appreciate your friendship, and we're going to get you back on the show real soon. 
and uh, and Mickey is very very sorry that he did not go to you. I I am very sorry. <laughs> I I will. <laughs> but you know how how awesome is that? That means a lot. That that just I love when people yeah. genuinely care about you. It really makes you feel good. So thanks a lot, dude. Yeah, that was sweet. What a show! This is this has been fun. This has been a man. Look wild... at the wild ride we've had. <laughs> we've gone from anything from Ebert talking about perverted movies to Brujilia to, to Doctor Scott and plastic surgery and cooking. It's it's, it's been crazy. <laughs> Talk about off the cuff because we had absolutely no show prep. I'm still looking for my laptop, and yes, I. I, I literally brought my laptop with me, but um, after the movers left, I put it in a box, and then boxes got moved around, and I'm like, all the boxes look alike. They have the same thing written on them. So I'm like, shit, it's in here somewhere. I couldn't find it in time, which is why I had to call in the show. <laughs> yeah, this is the first show we've actually done via cell phone. Yes, it is. It's not the first time that I've done the show on a cell phone i actually had to do my other podcast during uh remember when texas had that really bad freeze and we kept losing power oh yeah yeah so i that was that freeze was on a monday and so no sunday sunday i think it was that it came i'm not sure but tuesday we started losing power off and on so Lou actually called me via Skype. How's Lou and, doing? Lou, Lou's yeah. our old producer. Uh, yeah. She used to produce us every Friday night until she taught me how to produce and started taking Fridays off. <laughs> but Lou was with us for almost the full yeah seven yeah, or eight was. months, really. I, I would she's say she's doing she's doing good. She's uh, one smart cookie. I'll tell you what. Yeah, she is. <laughs> no, nobody messes with Lou. Hell no. <laughs> I'm like, Lou, this guy was being a mean meanie to me. She's like, hold up. I'll go find out who he is. <laughs> she can ferret out information like you would not believe. <laughs> I actually hit her up the other day. I'm thinking about doing one of those uh, companies that will delete old tweets. Oh, so yeah. I kind of want to get like, I, I would like to keep like the last two years and delete anything before that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't know. I. I just. I would never want anything weaponized against me, and and who the fuck knows what I've said in the last seven years? That's so many drunk nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It would not. It's. It's actually not a bad idea, simply because. Uh, you really don't need all of that. All of those tweets, you know. You so, don't. Why? Why have them there? So. I remember. <laughs> I remember when Dredge Report completely wiped all of their tweets and this was i want to say it was like 2014 2015 something like that i mean they just wiped them all out and people were like holy crap what happened what happened what happened oh he just said well they're no use to me now <laughs> so they can, why bother keeping them so he just wiped everything clean so and i had a friend um his name's ethan he was actually the uh, chief technology supervisor for the Jeb Bush campaign back in 2016. Uh And they actually, uh, somebody on the left decided to scour his old tweets 
and they came to light and it was just and i've known ethan for since he had an uh, a twitter account and he used to run a uh blog called two guy um um uh, two guys on the right or something like that and no no twice right and it was him and another friend of mine alex and um nothing that he's ever said i found objectionable or um mean or racist or anything but i could see where some people would take it the wrong way because some people don't have a sense of humor of course so you know because that happened he actually had to quit that job and then he developed an app called clear and clear just looks for certain words and then just deletes those tweets so um he actually he he was on fox uh business and he was on fox news and everything when that happened and, and i was like oh my god there's my friend even and, and it was, you know we were talking about what happened he's like i actually came out winning because i made this app and i sold the rights to the app for like 3.5 million <laughs> like holy shit <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Everything I saw he 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 has developed quite a few apps that he has sold to other companies and stuff like that. He's he's a brilliant brilliant guy. So I remember when that debacle happened with him and when he decided to just completely clear everything and and uh and he always recommends, you know, and and he he just recommends it so that it doesn't clog up anything. And also because there's always some asshole out there looking to yes. pin something on like, you. Like how many times have you seen some douchebag like bring up a tweet that's like 10 years old? Like like some of these young college athletes that tweeted out like homophobic shit when they were 15 years old. You know? Yeah, and, and, and I'm like the same people that say, oh, but he has, you know, you know, if it's something, if it's someone from the left saying it, they always say, oh, but he has matured, you know, it's time to move well, here's on. The he problem. has learned his lesson. Things change so rapidly in exactly. the sensitivity of society. So I could say, I really like the color blue. And then three years down the road, blue might be like this big white supremacy fucking organization. And all of a sudden, I'm <laughs> yes. like, I'm being fucking tarred and feathered, you know? Who the exactly. fuck knows? So that's why I want to get rid of some older shit. I've never been a disgusting person. i I've just always been me, but I don't know if like something I said five years ago is not cool anymore. Who knows? Right. I, so, you know, I would just like to get rid of all that shit, especially, you know, if you and I end up hitting the big show and getting syndicated. Right. You know, that that, that's so possible. Cool. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been battling Sirius XM right now. I called to cancel my subscription about a, uh, a month ago. And so the person on the phone was like, you know, and there was an offshore call center, which just I don't I don't it's it's infuriating sometimes when you have to deal with not being able to understand somebody in a customer service thing. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know, I I hope that doesn't sound racist or anything. But no, I hate no, some, offshore some people. Call centers. Yeah, there some people cannot adapt to um, people who talk in. A certain language with a different accent, so and some know, people have have an uh, an ability to differentiate. It's that. very I, I very have hard ability. to have 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I've got an ear for certain accents. Right. And other accents I don't. And and that's just the way that I work. So when you call into like a customer service place, you're probably already pissed off to begin with, right? So it just like <laughs> right. infuriates you even more when you can't understand and but whatever. So the whole point was like, well they they gave me a free month to decide if I wanted to quit or they said that they were gonna cancel my subscription. They gave me a free month, this and that. They didn't give me a free month and they didn't cancel my shit and I got a pass bill or a pass due notice in the mail. I was furious. And so I called him again and went through this rigmarole and fucking ridiculous. But anyway, I guess the point of the whole story was before I got on the, off the rails on my own self and sounded like a complete douchebag um, was. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Who the fuck is that? Anyway. It was not me. So <laughs> it, I guess at the end of the show. But anyway, so my, my whole point was I, I've been. I've listened to Sirius XM for several years, probably the last 10 years. And I they have a channel that's devoted to talk radio, and I used to think it was great. And they got rid of the shows that I like to listen to, so that's why I'm getting rid of it. The shows that are on there currently right now, you and I are so much more entertaining than the content oh. that they have. And that's professional that's radio. Sad. It is. We're drunk as fuck right now, and, and we're making great <laughs> quality entertainment. People are liking it. And, you know, the, but the show's available, they're, they're shit. So I, I've got all the faith in the world that you and I are going to end up being um, syndicated one day. I hope so. That would be fun. I believe it. I believe it in my little heart. And uh, Coming to you live from wherever. And I guess uh, that being said, this is going to be the uh, end of our show. Yep. So, Aggie, welcome back. I missed you so much. Tell all the wonderful fans and listeners at home where we can find you. Well, as as you can tell, I haven't talked in a while because my voice is a little rough. (laughs) Your voice is a little slurry. (laughs) That too. You can find me at Aggie Regan on Twitter and also at Aggie the Barkeep. That's the cocktail account. And on Tuesday nights, you can find me right here on KLRN at 8.30 p.m. Eastern doing my uh, cocktail co- uh, podcast, The Cocktail Lounge, with uh, my affable, affable co-host, Brad uh, Slager. This is really hard for me. I'm trying to be as sober as possible. And on Fridays, <laughs> right here, at 30 p.m. Eastern, <laughs> doing Mickey shit on <laughs> He Said, She Said. <laughs> How about you, Mickey? Where can we find you? <laughs> well, you can find me on Twitter being fucking awesome. And that's at Mickey Blowtorch. Tune in to me there. I'm, uh, I'm a big ball of fun. And you can find me every Friday night. On the awesomest podcast in the entire free world, he said, she said, with my most lovely and beautiful co-host and friend, Aggie Rican. Oh, you're so sweet. You're sweet, you big dude. <laughs> uh, thank all of you guys at home for listening. Thank you for putting up with our bullshit. Thanks for letting us be drunk tonight. Woo! Good times. <laughs> we really, we had no show and we uh, just, we manifested we- a show. 
Yes, we 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 managed to pull something out of our ass. I guess we, we are show manifestors. Show manifestors. Show manifestors. <laughs> the great manifestation of a show. And on, right. on that note, America, be kind to one another. There's too much ugliness out there. Don't take anybody's word for it unless you check with me first. And keep your tits dry. Good night. Good night. <laughs>